Hey friends, what would it be like to know better, do better, and feel better in your parenting journey? Today's guest, Angela Ellsworth, talks about this in a kind, clear, and sincere way. Her topics include coaching parents, teaching teachers, and then bullying and what you can do to help your child. This is a must-listen episode, and I know that you will get so much out of it. So here we go. Does your child have a speech-language delay, and you really want them to talk? Do difficult behaviors derail home life, and you know the frustration is a communication struggle? Does your child see a speech therapist, and you wonder, what do they do, and how can I help? If these or similar questions are in your mind, this podcast is for you. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I am a speech-language pathologist that has worked with children from birth to 21 for three decades. And in my classrooms, I see you wanting to connect with the heart of your child, but their speech and language skills create a barrier. So if you have a kiddo that has difficult behaviors, needs to expand their language, or learn to say speech sounds, and maybe even receives speech therapy, stay tuned because In this podcast, you will learn how to use your daily life as a tool to communication practice and how to do that practice. You will become confident knowing you are making the difference you want to make. And you will hear success stories of parents who have navigated these struggles already. We'll do this all while focusing on building deep, meaningful connection and confidence in your kiddo. So grab a cup of coffee, along with a notebook and pen. It's time to speak in the way your child's brain understands. And that is the language of play. In our parenting journeys, coaching is so helpful. Sometimes we get really good coaching from our own parents or our friends. And sometimes we want to have professional coaching. Today's guest is a coach. And as you know, I coach parents too. If your child has trouble communicating, and sometimes it's behaviors that they're using to communicate, and other times it is the words they can't come up with, the speech they can't say, and you don't know what it is you can do to help them. That is the kind of coaching I do. And if that is what you need, you know to connect with me in the show notes at hello at thelanguageofplay.com and we can begin a conversation. In today's program, you will want to listen to the end because that last part talks about bullying, something that we fear sometimes as parents, but we don't need to when we have skills to be able to talk with our children and really get curious about what's going on in their world and then have the strategies to be able to help. Thank you for joining us today, Language of Play family. Today, I have Angie Ellsworth with us. She has spent over 20 years in education working with students with academic, behavioral, and mental health challenges and supporting the school staff in helping them succeed. After seeing the long-term effects of COVID-19 on her students and their families and hearing parents asking for more help, she left public education to share her experience and expertise in homes just like yours. With research-based strategies, she has trained and coached hundreds of staff and parents across the region 
as a faculty member with the Southeast Service Cooperative, and that is in Minnesota through her business, uh, Time Out Behavior Coaching. Her passion is to help others know better, do better, and feel better. Angie lives in Rochester, Minnesota with her husband and three emerging young adults and two black labs. Angie, thank you so much for taking time to be with me today. This is lovely to have you here, and I am so glad that your expertise uh, will help the parents that listen to this podcast. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so so tell us a little bit about that transition that you went from the school into coming to do this business, not in the school. Yes. How that works. Yes. Well, I've always felt um, compelled to just share what I know with um, young people and the people who live with them and love them and work with them. Um, and I I consider myself a lifelong learner. So really just always researching and learning and studying about best practices and what are some of the most effective strategies in meeting the really sometimes diverse and complex needs of young people. So I did that. I've always uh, kind of believed that that was my passion. And I, for 20 years, I did that exact thing in this, the local school district, helping support teachers who were, you know, finding increasing needs of students and how to make their classrooms the safest, most welcoming place, and still trying to balance all of the demands on a teacher. So I, as COVID hit, and as we were all impacted by that in a variety of different ways, um, once we returned to school, I saw that our district did a really nice job of continuing to support students and staff in managing the transition and kind of working through what that felt like at schools. But I continuously heard more and more from the families of my students saying, um, we need more help. We want more help. We don't know what to do. It looks like things are back to normal, but things are not back to normal in my home with my kids. So I took a leap of faith and left public education. Uh, and I like to say I took my show on the road, taking the my professional experience and expertise and my passion to bring those exact resources that I found so helpful in helping teachers manage their classrooms and support kids to bring it in home to families all around our region and help them know better, do better, and feel better with some of the, the ongoing challenges that are happening. That is so important. And I know that you have made a huge impact in the families in this community. Thank you for your work to know better, to do better, and to feel better. And sometimes that feel better part of it seems to be to be the longer one to come. Would you agree with that? Yes. And quite quite honestly, like we we probably even though we work with families as a whole, our primary clients are the parents because they are their child's first teacher, their child's first role model. Um, and really, we know that a lot of families, um, the adults and families and the caregivers struggle with just managing not only their own day-to-day -day stressors, but then taking on those of their children's too. So our clients primarily are the adults in the home and working on helping them um, reestablish that confidence, that self-esteem, really building trust. Um, we, my coaches and I practice what, uh, what we've learned about called radical candor. And that is the um, art of challenging uh, directly, but caring deeply. Um, it's worked by Kim Scott. And it's just to give feedback that is kind and clear and specific and sincere. And over time, we work with families to just do exactly that. And as we build that relationship and parents welcome us and trust us to come into their homes, we really do feel like we become a part of their family 
and offer them the support and the empathy and the compassion, um, as well as the practical tools and the the reality of this is where we're at. And if we want to make changes, we're going to have to go through some pretty uh, tough conversations and some challenging moments. But uh, you will feel better and knowing just knowing some of those those things and having somebody right kind of by your side and at your, at your shoulder and in your ear to help you through those moments when you're emotional and when you're invested, but can't always just find the right words or uh, maintain the right emotional stability to be able to be effective. And you don't want to resort back to old habits. So we try to help you build new ones. I absolutely love that. I'm so glad you do this work. That is <laughs> one of the glorious parts of being a coach, isn't it? When yeah. you are able to step in, you can support, you can hold up, you can guide, you can lead somebody through those situations where they're unsure. And then you get to watch over time as the confidence builds and parents then can step in on their own feet and stand tall and be confident and and do the things that they have learned. It's it's very rewarding work. I love it too. And I know that it's wonderful for the families because they're transformed. Now with this, I know too that you have taught teachers. Tell yes. me something about how you're teaching teachers. Well, a lot of the work that I did in the schools um, was within that 20 years of being in education. I spent um, 10 of those years as a behavior specialist and behavior coach. So one of a big part of my role was to be in classrooms and observe teachers and the art of what they're doing in the classroom. And then taking the research and the, the other things that I've learned and trying to help teachers just enhance what they're already doing well. In doing that and helping teachers, I also was able to learn a lot from their expertise and being able to be in that many classrooms and see what some really excellent teachers are doing and then accumulate a lot of those strategies and take those then and put them together to train other teachers. So I often feel kind of like an hourglass where we've got all sorts of educators and experts up here and then the funnel gets so you know small in how much time and resources and energy we have to share our great things and quite frankly, people don't like to brag about the great things they're doing. So in my experience, I was able to observe that and then, um, you know, take the great things that they're doing and be kind of that funnel or that conduit to other teachers and other practitioners to share um, some of the things that I saw were really quite effective. That is super. I know that when I have worked as an educator, and it's been 30 years that I worked for an ed education system of some sort, and we would go to these workshops. I was always so grateful that people like you would come and teach us because we would have another idea. And as I'm listening to that, all of a sudden, I think of Johnny for this, and I think of Susie for that. And, and I've got notes all over because at the speed of what it is that you're doing in the classroom, it's hard also to be creative. And so when you have that moment that you get, okay, I have a few hours and I am just going to be a learner instead of a teacher, you just relax. And in that relax and people like you come along, we are so open. And the colleagues that I sit by, they're like, oh, I could use that for this kid and that kid. And yeah, it's really, really helpful. So I'm glad you're giving that to parents because I think that it's not only the teachers that feel that way. I think when we give the information to parents, they know which kid exactly in their home is going to connect with which tactic, which strategy exactly that you are teaching. 
Absolutely. And and like you said, like teachers are willing and eager and want to know how to do their job better. And that's what we find with our parents. You know, 95% of our clients are voluntary. Um, they want help. They need help. They're just looking for the right resource and the right person to help guide them through that learning. So, you know, to be able to to get to know families in their home and to really get to know and see and observe how their family dynamics, what they look like and sound like and, and, you know, really being so transparent with families that if something's not working, they can tell us and they can say, you know what, that is not working and I'm trying it and trying it. It's just not my style. It's not my personality. And then we say, that's what we need to know. So let's go this route. Let's try something else. And so it really is a partnership. The coaching model is that I, as the coach, I do first, and then we do together, and then you do as the parent. So the I do, we do, you do is a really great model to build that confidence. And we often will translate that into then parenting. So when you're teaching your child a new skill or teaching your child a new strategy or even a new behavior response, you also want to do that as a parent. You want to say, okay, here's watch mommy do it. This is how mommy does it. Now we do, let's do it together. Repeat after me or echo with me. And then you ask your child to do it on their own. So that really builds a sense of confidence and a sense of independence for a child to really get the skill down the way that you're modeling it. And and that's a part of our philosophy too, is that we really want to be transparent with the kids Mm -hmm. when we are teaching new, new strategies or new routines or new expectations at home. We engage the child right in the process with us. And they're sitting there to talk about, you know, hey, mommy's taken a class and learning from this teacher to learn how to not yell as much. Do you want mommy to learn how to do something different than yelling? And most kids are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want mommy to (laughs) yell that much anymore. And so then then that as the coach, the coach says, okay, well, then I'm going to work with mommy as her coach, but mommy needs you to be on her team. And so here's how the team is going to work together. And then we teach the child what mommy's going to do differently, what mommy expects the child to do. Then we do a little fun role play game, you know, just kind of pretend. Then when I leave, then it's like, okay, remember what your job is when mommy tries. And then we just reinforce it with praise and really trying to help the child recognize that their contribution and investment is also going to help the family and that they are there. They do have to work together or a team or or nobody's going to feel better. They're a valued, welcomed member of a team, not who we all serve. <laughs> yes, right. And to be, yeah, and to be able to give that—that's very, very formative, transformative—that you're doing with families. Yes, thank you. Another topic that I know you have dealt extensively with is bullying. Yes, I would like to talk about that. I know some of the parents that I work with. One of them in particular has an intense bullying experience in the background. Then how this parent deals with their children becomes a little bit more complex in different ways. Would you talk to the concept of how do you deal, how do you teach parents how to help their children that have been bullied? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really a sensitive topic because it it's sure very is. personal, very personal yeah. and very emotional especially when we talk about, you know, children who have uh, varying abilities and we all have a, a heart for wanting our child to fit in, right? To belong and to be a part of the group and to not be the one left out or picked on. And it just, it, it really tears at a person's heart when that happens. So the, the biggest thing that I can encourage parents when it comes to bullying is to 
always allow your child to share their opinion about what's happening, right? Oftentimes we kind of catch ourselves. And I remember being guilty of this too, you know, like coming home and and automatically thinking like, well, you know, what did my child do to start this? Well, what did you do? What, you know, well, why did you do that? And instead to more take more of um more of an open-ended approach by asking things like, well, tell me what was happening. Or can you describe to me, you know, what was going on? Or, well, what kinds of things did they say? Or how did you feel about that? Because sometimes kids might not feel the situation is bullying. They might just feel like they're being left out. So sometimes a parent's own attitude or a parent's own history or a parent's ego might get in the way of the situation. So really to kind of gauge your own child's perception of the issue. And then if your child is old enough to articulate what are some things that you want the child to do, how can you empower that child to take some, to take some, uh, make some choices on their own? Um, And again, depending on the age and the ability of the child, sometimes kids could come up with things themselves. And I like to always offer choices so, you know, if, if you say, if your child comes home and says, you know, so-and-so won't play with me, that's a big one that I get a lot. You know, I don't have any friends. They won't play with me. So then we talk about how can we help our child develop some social skills for asking how to play, right? And if we, I always, always, always come up with plan B because, and sometimes plan C and plan D. <laughs> yes. Because yes, we, we know that. absolutely, we right? We know kids find the loopholes and just because we teach them one thing, it's not how it's always going to go. So if we, if we teach a child to say, you know what, we go up into this group and say, Hey, can I play with you? And you're told no, again, this is where we would role model and practice at home. If the child is told no, how does the child respond? We want to prepare the child for that disappointment. So the child can say, okay, maybe next time. Or if you change your mind, let me know. Or I'm going to be over on the swings. If you want to swing, come join me, right? So we have these alternative options that we can empower our own child to say in the face of of disappointment. So then the child not only has, is equipped with some kind of a, a comeback line of sorts that's calm and confident, but also then the child knows that my happiness in playing with this group is not dependent on their choice. It's dependent on my choice. And that gives a child another piece of that assertive control. Yes. Um, If your child's younger, you know, that that's a different, um, sometimes your child needs you to help navigate that a little bit. And so a lot of times I encourage parents to to sit down with their child and say, you know, using some visual tools or some visual cue cards or something like that to help um, the conversation, but to just say to the parent, here's how you can ask your child this. What do you want to do about it? And sometimes the kids will say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Or sometimes they'll say, well, I'm just going to punch them. Certainly that is a choice. Now, (laughs) parents who are listening, you know your child best. So if you told your child punching them was a choice, some of you probably have children out there who will then go and punch the kid, right? But we don't want that to be their only choice. And throughout the years, I have found that oftentimes kids feel kind of pigeonholed into always having to choose the choice that they think is right by their parents or by the adults around them. And they forget or they don't learn that a bad choice is still a choice. Mm. So we want kids to recognize the difference between a good choice and a bad choice. 
because then they have a sense of a moral compass as to which one they should choose. And they're not doing it because they feel threatened or scared or shamed. They're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And that's our job as parents is to help navigate and guide kids through that process. Well, and we could say, you know what? Well, some kids will go out and punch the kid. How will that work for you? And, you know, the kid's eyes usually, the child's eyes is usually like, oh my gosh, no, I shouldn't go do that. I'll get in a lot of trouble. You're right. You will, honey. What is another option? What's a better choice where you can handle this, but you won't get in trouble? Let's talk through that. Well, maybe you can walk away. Maybe you can use a calm, strong voice and say, please stop talking to me like that or call me by my real name. You know, so then we give the child some other options and we practice them. And, you know, some some kids will use a little sticky note in their locker. So when they're putting on their coat to go outside at recess, they'll they'll look at that sticky note and it'll say, you know, it'll have their little like tag phrase to remind themselves to build their muscle memory. So when they are caught off guard by a potential bullying situation, they'll have a key phrase or a key um, tool that they can use that empowers them. This is fantastic. So to recap some of the things that you're saying, particularly about bullying here, you are doing two things that I I really see that you do. And you can correct me or add to what I'm saying. If I miss something, please do recap with me if I miss something. So the first focal point seems to be really parents talking with them, getting the kids to express how they feel. But it, it means that the parents go at the conversation with gentleness and curiosity and explore what it is that the child is and isn't saying as yeah. we try to just keep on digging a little bit more, keep trying to get a little bit more expression from that child. And so if our kiddos have some kind of communication delay, it'll t- be more gentle time than maybe some other kids, to be able to pull that out. And then once you have an idea of what's going on and checking along the way to make sure that we're right, mm-hmm. but then we work on empowering that child. So first get to understand what the child is experiencing from their perspective. And then the next thing is to empower the child. And you gave bunches of wonderful examples of how parents can give them choices of things to say, ways to handle it, how they might feel, what choices they have. You gave a lot of good examples on that. So would you say those are the two main pillars of how you would handle bullying or did I miss something? Yes. No, I think that sums it up great. And I would just say, you know, safety trumps all else all the time. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So if at any, any, any time a parent feels like their child's safety is, you know, in question, then absolutely reach out to the staff at school immediately. Um, If your child, if you start to see a pattern of behavior where your child is like refusing to get on the bus or refusing to go to class or coming home and crying about lunchtime or something, some kind of pattern that seems to just not have a common sense answer that your child can articulate to you, definitely work together with your school staff and and have an open conversation with staff about just, again, approaching with curiosity and saying, what might be happening at school? Here's what I'm seeing at home. Is there something at school that you notice is different? Or can you keep an eye on my child and just have somebody observe them on the playground or, you know, that something might be happening that the school feels they've, they've noticed and they are trying to address? But once it starts to carry over at home, then the school also needs to know that. So they, I think that school staff really try to be on top of all those and address any of those concerns that come to their attention. 
But again, sometimes, I mean, we know kids are sneaky. Um, so we, we also know that sure. staff is spent very, I mean, they're Absolutely. really thin. <clears throat> Absolutely. Absolutely. Hard to see everything that's going on in a classroom of 20 or 30 kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we want, we just want to make sure that, you know, everybody handles the situation with the best intentions, you know, presume right. positive intent that people are doing the best they can. And I want to know, comment on that. I yes, think please. that is like super powerful. I've had parents that have come into my classroom and they're wondering, what is it that's going on with my child? And we sit down, we talk about it. And I love that when parents will come in. And so we can dig into this situation together because both of us are coming at it from that perspective of like, I'm trying to discover <laughs> something is buried here. Mm -hmm. Let's dig together. And we're going to hopefully figure out what's going on. And if you can get into that zone with your teacher, then you have a wonderful partnership there and a wonderful team. And I think that's part of what you're saying. And then, but if we come at it because of our own fear, and I've seen people come, particularly they'll go to the principal first, if, mm. if they're coming in fear, and then they're like, bomb, this happened on the playground, bomb, this happened in the classroom, bomb, and the principal's kind of caught off guard because he doesn't know any of any of it. And so he has to start pursuing. And if we can talk sooner, I always encourage my parents to talk early, talk right away and go inquisitively because I, the teachers that I've met, they all have these wonderful spirits towards kids and they want what's best for kids. What's in the media, I think, are the rare few because I've seen thousands of teachers and I have not seen the people that want to harm. Right. I would agree. And I think, you know, if if you as a parent are you know hesitating to reach out to your classroom teacher, your child's teacher, I would just encourage you to be transparent yourself and maybe a little vulnerable to just say, you know what, I'm not really sure what to do about this, but I just need to let you know, here's where I'm feeling, you know, here's how I'm feeling about it. Here's a concern. And, you know, is there something you can do about it? If not, is there somewhere else you can guide me? Like, do, does the teacher, you know, can the teacher make a referral to the school counselor or the school social worker or administration or the special ed team for just another resource for the parent to really, to be a part of the, the problem solving process too, instead of coming in on attack mode, because really that's just going to diminish the relationship that they have with the child. And you really want your child to see you as a partner in their education with their teacher. I mean, most kids I know, they love, love, love their teachers. And to see their mom or dad kind of mad at their teacher, that then really puts the child in a triangulating spot. Like, well, my teacher says this, but I shouldn't tell my mom. And now, you know, so really as unified as you can be um, with your teacher. And if you disagree on something, try to be as discreet as you can about talking negatively about your teacher in front of your child so they don't overhear you because there are going to be times throughout the course of your child's education that you're going to disagree with what they're saying but again how you handle that and how that's presented to your child will impact their view of education and we we know that we don't want kids who hate going to school we want kids to love going to school despite some of the challenges they may face yeah yep Yep. And it supports them all the way. All right. Nice. This has been lovely. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you. We could talk for hours. Well, we actually had that experience, didn't we? <laughs> and, <laughs> and we realized we could just keep on talking. Thank you so much for making time in your day. 
And thank you for your words of wisdom. You truly have a unique and wonderful skill set, a wonderful program. And before I let you go, can you briefly tell people where they can contact you should they want to? Yes, absolutely. So we do provide in-home coaching services for parents in the Rochester, Minnesota area, but also online. People can find us at www.timeoutbehavior.com. And then we're at that same handle on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And we would love to hear from you, even if you have some questions, if you feel like the the philosophy that that I spoke about meets some of your parenting philosophies and you'd like some more information, we'd love to troubleshoot and brainstorm with you about different approaches that might be more effective for you and your family. Sounds fabulous. You are a tremendous resource. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey parents, I hope you found this episode helpful. If so, would you please take 30 seconds and share it with a friend who also lives or works with children? I would really appreciate it if you would leave a quick review for the show on Apple Podcasts. I read every review and it lights me up to know that this show is making a difference. Then come join my Facebook community where you'll meet other parents who are dedicated to helping their children grow too. You'll find the link in the show notes. Thank you for joining me. Now it's time to go. Let's pop our kiddos in the strollers and go look around outdoors and see what we have to talk about.